My dear friend and a beloved colleague of ours here at CNN joins me now for a very personal story. Today, as you may have seen, Sarah Seidner bravely revealed that she is being treated for stage three breast cancer and that rather than fight this battle privately, she's sharing her story, hoping that it makes more women and particularly black women pay attention to their own health. Sarah, thank you for staying up late with us. I know it has been quite a day. First of all, how are you? How are you feeling? Um, today emotional? was really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that sounds really weird. You think like the chemo treatment is the most uncomfortable thing, which, you know, it is poison being put into your system, but it is there to help you survive. Um, but I am not used to talking about my personal business. And in our family, which I have discussed, yeah. uh, the thing that is said over and over again on both sides of my family is don't tell your personal business. It's none of anybody's business. Keep your business to yourself. So I had to undo that because I thought that it was important that um, because of the numbers, because particularly of the numbers for women and then even more specifically for black women, um, I needed to say something. Yeah, I, I want to get to that in a second because it's so important. Yeah. But you found out at, I mean, I cannot even describe it. It's, it was a busy time. Yeah. It's always busy for you, but it was a very busy time. You were um, in a war zone reporting. What was that like? It was just before I had noticed a lump. <clears throat> and then I thought it went away. And so I kind of played this mind game with myself that like, oh, maybe that was just an anomaly. Um, but just before I went to uh, Israel, the war had broken out on October 7th. Um, I knew that I had a lump and um, I had done a mammogram and I went anyway um, because I wasn't sure what it was. And they said, okay, well, you're gonna need to come back for a biopsy. And I said, okay. Um, was that the right choice? I don't know. Um, but it is sort of typical of me to go and do the job that I feel like the best place I'm supposed to be um, for the, the company, for the story. Um, and I have to tell you that being there at a time when I was almost 100% sure that I was going to come back and find out I had cancer, um, it really shifted my thought process seeing what people were going through there seeing what happened to people in Israel after a Hamas attack, and then seeing what happened to people in Gaza, and living through that and watching them try to survive something that, frankly, is far worse than anything I'd been diagnosed with at the point and anything that I would be diagnosed with later. Um, it taught me that living is the ultimate and that nothing else matters. And it really set my head straight when I got back and four days later, after I got my biopsy, I found that I had stage three breast cancer. You wanted to fight. Yeah. You needed to fight. I, I saw people fighting in the worst of circumstances. People have cancer that are in Gaza right now. Yeah. People have cancer that are in Israel and dealing with the attacks and dealing with the rockets coming over. And they're still fighting to live. So who am I not to do the same thing in a place where I have resources, I have community, um, and, and I have a lot of love and care. And I, this is no, by no means a war zone. So um, I felt like it was almost like my duty to, to go forward and do this. And you came back and you mentioned earlier and in your message today, the statistics for uh, black women when it comes to breast cancer are so awful. They're, Did you even know about that? I had that? no idea. I knew that there was a disparity, 
I had no idea. I went down a rabbit hole, as we all do as reporters. I know you know this, because yeah. as soon as you find something out, you research, right? And so every night I was like looking and researching, and it was like, wait, did I read that right? I had to read it three or four times, that one in eight women will get breast cancer in their lifetime. Those are the statistics. So I can name eight women right now, and it completely blows my mind that one of us is gonna get it. I'm the one in my group. But then I went further and I'm like, 41%. That is how much more likely you are to die if you happen to be a black woman. What the hell are we doing? Oh. That just should not be true. And black women don't get breast cancer more than white women. They don't, they generally are not, it's not a higher instance, but the death rate is so severe. And they're more likely to have, to find out about it when it's at a more advanced stage, which can be so critical. I mean, someone raised to me, I mean, when women have to decide how they treat their health yes. preventatively, what do you want them to understand about why this matters to go that extra step and get that mammogram, to take mm. that moment and don't just look past the lump that you feel? I mean, I'm guilty of doing that. And here I am, right, stage three. Had I listened to myself in the very beginning, I probably would have been better off. But I questioned myself and then I was like, oh, I don't know, and I didn't really wanna hear it. The truth is, I think a lot of us are afraid. A lot of us have had issues with healthcare and the healthcare industry when it comes to being a woman and then on top of it, a black woman. Um, issues with not being believed, so there are lots of things that sort of make you not really want to know, but please, for God's sakes, do the, do the self-exam. That's how I caught it. And then the mammogram. Do everything that you can do because this is not your grandmother's cancer treatment anymore. And that's the one thing I want people to know. If you happen to be diagnosed, and God forbid, but if you happen to be diagnosed, I'm still working out, I'm still running, I'm still working, I'm still here with you tonight. I'm still hanging out with my family. I'm laughing, I'm joking, I'm doing all the things and I'm living my life. Is it hard? Yes. Do I have fatigue sometimes? Yes. Do I feel nauseous sometimes? Yes. But they have figured out incredible ways to deal with all of the pain and discomfort that people have gone through throughout the decades in ways now that even better than 10 years ago. Um, and so I just want people to understand it's not a death sentence, it doesn't have to be but you have to learn self-care. And that is my yeah. lesson. Self-care is important. As you face this next step, it's not over, no. but you're facing it incredibly bravely. You said today that you are the happiest that you've been in decades. Yeah. How do you find that place of happiness and joy well, in all of this? <clears throat> I think the ultimate thing is so often I would wake up, and I think a lot of this do this. You have a checklist, you have things that you must do. You're worrying about whether it's getting yourself up, getting your kids up, going to work, making sure you have all the things done, the dishes and the this and the car and the that, and you're thinking about all the chores that you have to do in that day, and it made me stressed out thinking about all the things I needed to achieve that day. And when I wake up in the morning now, I'm just thankful to be awake. Literally, like when I was seven and eight years old, when you woke up excited, I wake up excited. I get to come to work today. 
I don't feel sick. I get to go work out today. I get to see my friends. I get to hang out with Abby Phillip. I get to talk to people who are incredible minds on a daily basis. I just, my brain has changed and I'm so filled with gratitude, filled to the brim with gratitude. And I honestly had to one morning wake up and go, you know what? Thank you, cancer. Because I didn't see life like this before. And I do now. Sarah Seidner, thank you, my friend. Thank you, we love you. Thank you. We're so proud the of you. The love is real. Thank you. <laughs> You're so brave. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Sure.